Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the emergency medicine podcast recorded at Dream Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. In this episode, we'll be discussing dizziness and vertigo. As ever, all information is correct at time of recording. All, inf- all uh, guidelines are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Hello, hello, I'm at a place called Vertigo. It's uh, Jamie Thomas here, teaching fellow in emergency medicine. I can't believe I just did that as an intro. And uh, welcoming to the podcast once again, uh, Chris Goff, uh, consultant in emergency medicine, pre-hospital doctor. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jamie. Thank you once again for coming back. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about dizziness and vertigo, a uh, common presentation and a difficult presentation to get to the bottom of. And you're already giving me a face because I've said dizziness. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this comes off um, another one of the talks from the Royal College of Emergency Medicine Annual Scientific Conference. Um, interesting to go and listen to because you're right, dizziness is a symptom that strikes fear into the heart of anybody who has half an idea what's going on. Um, given by a neurologist, so obviously slightly different point of view than emergency medicine perhaps, but still lots of great information. Um, and the most important one was the uh, his opening phrase, which was, apparently dizziness is an old English word for foolishness. Mm. And, you know, like most things, we use words uh, incorrectly and we make assumptions about what a word means. So stop using the word dizzy and start trying to work out what's going on. Yeah, um, and patients, won't often use words correctly either. Um, we had a discussion just as we were setting up the podcast that you know, I came over giddy, um, I felt faint, I felt a bit queer. There's various different words, and you have to get to the bottom of actually what the patient means. Yeah, indeed, and it's trying to break things down to things. Um, is it that they perceive the world spinning or see the world spinning? Is it actually they've got a weakness in their legs? Did it mean they've got a headache, or is it they feel? Lightheaded or presyncopal. It's trying to break things down into that, and ideally, we're going to talk about vertigo. So, vertigo is the illusion to movement, and that's what locates the uh, the insult to the vestibular system. And on top of that, if the patient actually sees the world moving, then it means they've got nystagmus. Okay, uh, and that um, illusion of movement can be the world spinning around you, or as well as feeling like you're on a boat, things like that. Yeah, is that, is that the idea, that feeling of, of movement while you're not moving is, the, is the, okay. one of the key things. Okay, so if a um, patient is, is reporting those sorts, of, uh, I feel like the world's spinning around me, doctor, and, you know, or it feels like I'm on a boat, those sorts of things, what, what are the next or key questions that you want to get from the history? I think um, you're trying to narrow it down into working out what the cause is, really. Um, so the top five causes... I think it's fine. Well, good thing about this, I always know how many is on it first. <laughs> uh, the most common thing is good old um, BPPV or blind paralysis or positional vertigo, uh, called BPPV because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, after that, you have things like vestibular migraine, strokes, uh, and vestibular uh, neuritis. And then the fifth bit is all the common things we don't see in ED. Sure. So you're trying to split this up into that. So realistically, it's the what the pathomonic hallmarks for your disease. So BPPV. Um, is a intermittent thing and they're triggered very brief attacks of, of vertigo so normally lasts less than 30 seconds normally by head movement and then the uh, what the speaker was saying was the real key one is if someone gets dizzy rolling over in bed that's BPPV no one gets sorry vertigo um, rolling over in bed but that's provoked you do something it moves the little crystals that are in your uh, similar in the canals to irritate the hairs which gives that movement feeling gives you the vertigo 
and that settles down quite quickly. That's why it's brief, but it's triggered by head movement. And that's kind of the, the key thing that makes you think that this is someone who's got uh, BV. Okay, so it's not going to be the patient who's been lying there for several hours in A&E, still feeling vertigo. It's very clear, I rolled over, I changed position in my head, and I felt the symptoms for a short while, then they went away. Yeah, perfect. So it's not a continuous, it's not, uh, continuous vertigo now. Okay. Um, and then um, what about um, uh, sort of a labyrinthitis? What, how, how will that present? Um, so labyrinthitis, um, better known as vestibular neuritis. Um, yeah inflammation of the vestibular nerve at some level. Um, so blind for something that's meant to be an inflammatory process, but it's a sudden onset of um, continuous vertigo. This is someone who's got permanent vertigo, it's there all the time. Um, and why do you think that an inflammatory process would be something that would be gradual? There will be a point at which your vestibular system can't cope yeah. and you suddenly become uh, dizzy. Um, it's actually a failure of your vestibular ocular reflex that gives you um, nystagmus, which is sure. why you get vestibular neuritis. And so that's where you get your continuous vertigo. And with that, you can feel unsteady and you can feel sick. Um, people trying to understand their vestibular ocular reflex, which people talk about, dog's eyes is. Um, as long as you're not currently driving a car, um, if you get your finger and hold it in front of your head and stare at the top of your finger, and I'm willing the finger side to side, and if your head stays still and your finger moves, your finger blurs because your eyes are trying to keep up with the finger, but not always keeping it there. If you're in a stop, get both things still again. Keep your finger still, and this time rotate your head side to side really quickly. Well, actually, that finger doesn't really blur, and that's because your vestibular system is helping your eyes maintain forward focus despite the movement of your head because the movement is predicting. And that's what fails. And when it fails on one side, then can't control for that, and that's what generates your nystagmus. Okay. And so, will they will they have a, a prodrome of a of illness if it's an inflammatory? Will they maybe have had a cold symptoms or anything like that? Um, they can do, generally you might have that, but it's whether actually they notice it, isn't it? Yeah. It's very easy to, when you ask people to go back and say, oh, have you had this or have you had that, or mm-hmm. give them weird questions whether people recall symptoms, but it wouldn't be unreasonable for them to have a viral project. Sure. Uh, and of course, I suppose the, the really sinister thing, the pathology that we need to rule out in these patients or be worried about is, is a stroke or any cerebellar pathology. That's the the thing that would scare me the most with somebody coming in with vertigo. Yeah, and especially um, it's the it's slightly elder and it's a abrupt onset, it's something you really worry about. Um, there's two ways uh, of looking at this. Um, there's something called the HINTS exam, uh, and that's a structured examination of three components. So head impulse testing, HI, N for nystagmus, and T for test of skew comes to HINTS. And there's a three bedside clinical tests that you can do that are done uh, in research settings by experts outperforms CT for the diagnosis of post-demus circulation stroke, uh, which sounds brilliant. Um, there are limitations because the guys are doing it do it with uh, very practice at it, probably a bit more kit than you do uh, in ED, but it's something that's worth knowing about. So the head impulse testing is just a variation on the uh, what you've just done with the vestibular reflex. You hold someone's head to get them to focus on a point with the head side to side rapidly and look to see if they can maintain um, central gaze and if they can't maintain that central gaze and it means there's a problem in their vestibular system therefore it's not a central problem so that's the, the first test um, second one is nystagmus you look and see have they got nystagmus and it, more importantly have they got nystagmus that's not just lateral uh, nystagmus so if they've got vertical or torsional or something weird going on nystagmus then that's worrying of the central cause of their vertigo and then finally there's the test of skew this is an alternate cover test, so you alternately cover and uncover eyes, and as you switch the eye that's covered, you're looking to see whether the eyes readjust 
so that and the idea being that if you have got a central problem mm. you may not be able to balance normally you'll balance your eye good eye will make sure your bad eye looks in the right direction when the bad eye's got nothing else it will focus its own way when you uncover the other eye well actually because there's a central problem it's pointing in the wrong direction and it removes to recenter and you see that recentering of the eyes independently when they're independent of each other so that's the hints exam um say done well suggests that there's a central cause and that's people who would be wanting to imaging and bearing in mind that a posterior fossa stroke not well seen on a CT so a negative CT doesn't exclude um, the disease process. There's a number of, of other manoeuvres that we can do potentially uh, for our patients if we're worried about BP, uh, BPBV in particular aren't there? Uh, yeah certainly so um, we're looking at BPPV people may have heard of something called the Dix-Hallpike uh, test and there's things called the Eccles or the Samalt mover also to uh, ways of treating it in the same thing. And basically these are tests where you position the head in a certain position to allow to select for one set, one vestibular system uh, and then you provoke movement within that vestibular system to see whether or not you can make the crystals provoke the nystagmus. And you're looking for torsional nystagmus uh, under provocation. And the idea being that if you see that you can then re-manoeuvre the patient, mm. the idea is that you get the little crystals to drop through uh, some of the canals and out there into the little saccules so they're no longer in a position where they can irritate the hairs. Um, BPPV is a generally unilateral disease so if you're going to test it you're going to test one side and if that doesn't work you're going to test the other uh, just to be sure you don't miss those sides and you can't really pick which one to do but it's always worth testing both sides. Um, Trying to describe the manoeuvres uh, is always fun, it's kind of picturing in my mind difficult. Um, there are loads of videos on the internet, so go and Google them. And we'll put up some links on the Take Orally website, yeah. But no, the smart mirror is really nice in that you basically sit somebody on a trolley, you move them one way, and then you move them on to the other side, should be good to do it. Um, they're well tolerated, um, they're unlikely to cause any harm, but do bear in mind that little elderly ladies with fragile spines possibly don't like being the head manipulated too much or thrown around too much so just be sensible about who you pick but most people with it done sensibly you can tolerate it. Excellent um, and so thinking then on to um, our management of our patients then with who've come in with with vertigo um, so you know what management options are there available to us once we we're happy that we've got our diagnosis? So for the BPPV generally you're going to be treating it with your your epilogue smart manoeuvre. It might take a couple of goes for it to work, but once it's worked, that's the treatment um, for them. They've got their label of BPPV and they just need to know if they're getting more attacks to go see their GP to have that um, re-manoeuvred. Or they can, there are people who learn how to do the manoeuvres themselves, so they can self-manage at home. It's always, uh, it sounds interesting, but you know, it's uh, well recognised. It's mm. you can do for people. For people uh, with uh, vestibular, stag uh, vestibular neuritis, um, Actually, it's getting them moving, which sounds really bizarre. You know, somebody who's got a stagnant feeling, staying on the feet, feeling grotty, but it's getting them moving and getting to keep their normal movements and things going, and things will settle down. You can use two to three days of cinnarizine or stamatil um, to get them over the worst of the symptoms, but mainly it's encouraging them to work with mm. that feeling and steady feeling and and, and mobilising. Uh, if you think someone's got a uh, posterior fossa stroke, then you do, uh, it's not reasonable to do a CT to make sure they're not bleeding, especially if they're a high risk of mm. bleeding through anticoagulation and things like that. And if their CT is, shows no acute bleeding, 
or no masses. I've seen more than one person now whose uh, metastatic malignancy was picked up as a posterior foster stroke and an image to see uh, the mass. Um, if they got a, a place with you, then refer to your stroke service um, following your local guidelines. Mm. Finally, the last um, one we want to touch on is a vestibular migraine. So you get people who not had migraines before who get vertigo, but normally get migraine symptoms as well during sure. the attack. So, and they come under a list of people, we'll um, come to a minute, who you, with vertigo that you image because they've got a headache with their, with their vertigo. So the first time they have it, you've got vertigo and a headache, you're going to want to scan them. But actually their treatment is just to treat them, the migraine and the vertigo will go away as the, uh, as the migraine settles. Okay. And um, I think when you spoke to me after you, you'd been to the conference, you, you mentioned um, the criteria that would always make you think of stroke. So headache and, uh, and mm. vertigo being one that you needed to rule yeah. out a stroke. Um, and what were the other ones as well? So it was um, the list kind of given to us, um, which makes sense is, so somebody with acute vertigo mm. and a negative Dick's Hall pipe manoeuvre, yeah. so you've cleared out the most common thing, which is BPV, and then you want something that makes you worried. So it's either a new cranial nerve deficit, a new limb neurological sign, a new headache, acute hearing loss, or the intact head impulse test. So they've got the, the head impulse part of the HINTS exam saying that this is a central thing, and those guys need imaging. Excellent. Uh, so there, vertigo, a bit of a minefield, but if we have our proper sort of if we think about pathology it makes much more sense if you go with it thinking these are my possible causes and trying to rule out and investigate for them it's a, it's a good format it works well I mean, it's, again take that step back and you don't accept someone just saying I've got pain you, you delve into that and with the symptoms we need to do that better and so dizziness don't accept dizziness and bear in mind if I'm calling somebody dizzy am I being foolish and <laughs> uh, then down get that thing is this a that vertigo the movement uh, symptom illusion of movement and then think about BPVV, uh, strokes, neuritis uh, and migraine. Brilliant. Thank you very much again, Chris. No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was the Take Orally Vertigo podcast. For more information, uh, don't forget to check out www.takeorally.com. You can also find Take Orally on both Facebook and Twitter. For more information about research and education opportunities within um, acute medicine, emergency medicine and major trauma, don't forget to check out NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.